I had a little dream, a little Swanito, if you will, uh, about making a podcast one day. And uh, and now here we are. Now here we are. We're making a podcast, you guys. This is great. Uh, we're talking about a movie, as usual, as usual, in the Heights. It's a musical. Uh, it was fun. There was singing and dancing. They broke the fourth wall. And uh, I thoroughly loved it. But I do have some complaints. We'll get to those later. Oh, uh, what are you guys thinking about the movie? To me, it's the perfect movie to go back into the theaters for. Like, it's this euphoric celebration that if you don't come out that you had fun, there's something wrong. <laughs> I think yes. I would have liked it better if I saw it in the theater. I tried to watch it on my TV and my Roku was being weird. So I had to watch it on my iPad. So I watched oh, wow. it on this tiny little and it just, I think, maybe didn't have the effect that it could have had because I wasn't. So wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. Does the ankle bracelet preclude you from leaving the house? Is that why oh, I don't understand why you couldn't oh, go wow. see it? Wow. It, because wow. it was uh, on HBO, Gino. So I just wa- I just watched it. I mean, you know, if it's if they make it easier, like I'm just gonna watch it on. And I know like a lot of people have been complaining that it hasn't made a, a lot of money because it was also available on HBO Max. And I, I think that's true. I mean, I'm probably not going to go to a theater and see it, especially because I wasn't going to watch it anyway. But, you know, Josh said, hey, let's watch In the Heights. And I'm a very good friend. So I said, sure, Josh, let's watch uh, it. And, uh, <laughs> well, and with that, that brings an end to our pre-show chatter, everybody. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Silence your phones. They yell about directors, yell about the plot. Okay, great. <laughs> if you haven't already guessed, guys, we're back with another great episode of Josh and Cassie Yell About Movies. I'm Josh, a freelance entertainment journalist of, of, of much renown. I, I, I talk to people far and wide, and today I'm talking to Cassie, and a great guest we'll interview in a second. Cassie, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling really good. Um, it's really hot outside, kind of like the the musical that we watched in the Heights was all about it being very hot outside. So I kind of relate, right? <laughs> that was the main message I got. <laughs> Maybe we should dance this entire episode instead of using the headphones. I think uh, I'll pass. Great. And, oh, okay, excellent. And we have a fantastic guest uh, here today, guys. Uh, he's an authentic film critic, uh, or so he tells me, a Fox 5 affiliate. He uh, also Fox does- Fox 5. Fox What's that? 6. Fox six. six. Wow. Wow. They, uh, they're fancy up there in Milwaukee. Guys, it's Gino. He also does some work for DishNet. Uh, welcome to the show, Gino. I want to ask enough. you a question right off the bat. You said this is a great episode. We haven't even done it yet. How do you know it's a great episode? Or trust, because they're all great. I mean. They're all great, Gino. <laughs> These are all great episodes. We haven't done the a bad one yet. Sure. The pressure that I'll spoil it and make it mediocre when you've had only great, but I'll, I'll be quiet now. <laughs> No, if anyone's going to spoil it, it'll be Josh. Don't worry. There you go. Oh, look at that. Look at that. We're already... Wow. Um, okay. Well, uh, I've I, I've been told that I don't do enough talking, um, and I just mostly ask the guests questions and don't answer them, so I'm going to try to answer some of the questions that I ask you guys, because, you know... Uh, That's good. I don't, I don't know that I'll have that much to say about this. I'll be totally honest. Wow. So I'm going to... Yeah. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, I just... I don't know. I didn't take much away from it. I'll be honest. Okay. Uh, Cassie, <laughs> what's your history of musicals? Let's get into it. Um, I 
I'm not a huge musical person. I love Chicago. Chicago is my favorite musical. Um, That's one of my favorite cities. I Yeah, that too. I went through a big Moulin Rouge phase when I was in high school. You know, apart from that, though, you know, I never saw Les Mis when that was a big thing. I'm just not a big musical person. And I never have been. You know, Josh, sent you sent me the trailer. You're like, doesn't this look so awesome? And I was like, sure. And then I, I sent Josh the trailer for uh, The Last Night in Soho. <laughs> I was like, this looks amazing. And you were like, okay. You know, I think we just have different tastes <laughs> in movies. You know, I, I like, I, I don't dislike them. Listen, um, I think we can all appreciate a little dancing in the street. Let's get down to it, Gino. <laughs> Uh, are you, you grew up in musicals? What do you what do you think of the form? I I like the form very much, and I like this, and I'll tell you why I like this so much. I liked filming on the street on real locations. I thought that yeah. was great. That and and look the energy, the color, the up. The, if you didn't come out seriously enjoying this movie, I don't understand why. Because to me, I I don't normally speak like this, but it is a celebration. It yeah. was just I I really enjoyed it. It's, it was uh, very colorful and bright and upbeat, but there was some really serious um, subject matter yes. sort of peppered in there too. Yes, yes, there were, uh, and, and we'll get to those. Uh, it's, it starts off uh, introducing you guys to Washington Heights, a place I actually used to live, so I know a little bit about <laughs> it. And it, it felt right at home with those streets and um, Lin-Manuel Miranda pushing that icy, icy cart. Have, have you guys seen one of those before? Yes. Like yes. in real life? No. Yes, in real life. So. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm someone, from, you know, I'm from Mina, Wisconsin. Do you think they, you know? Listen, they I remember Josh, like that? She, can't leave, she can't leave her apartment. Remember, she is she's I get seen it. nothing. I, I get it. I, get, I, didn't, okay, I didn't know how mean the mean streets of Milwaukee were. I don't know if there's uh, people uh, pushing these cups of ice and then pouring liquid uh, slushy sunshine onto it. Not that I know uh, of. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. So the opening dance number in the Heights and introduces you to uh, to music, the singing, dancing, the city of New York, the George Washington Bridge, there's people like like Gino said, it's outside. The whole film, 80% of the film is outside, not the whole film, but 80% uh, of the film is outside, out on the streets. Even a lot of the interior shots are buildings uh, inside a building where it's glass and you can see out on the street. It's just, it's it's pandemonium out there. I know this is one of the films they, uh, they waited to release for a long time because of the pandemic. Uh, and uh, HBO Max gave them some money. And so here we are with HBO Max. Earlier in my musical listening career, I, I hated musicals. I thought they did nothing but singing. And uh, for people who, who hate that, perhaps, this one has about, what What do you guys think, about 25% talking, 75% singing? It was a lot of, it was a lot of singing. Well, and when you say singing, it is Lin-Manuel Miranda singing. I mean, to me, it's like uh, the lead, Anthony Ramos, is just playing Lin-Manuel. It's, uh, it's, if you watch... This was came before Hamilton, but it's uh, it sounds the same. It kind of reminds me of Woody Allen when he directs a movie, and his lead is always speaking like Woody Allen. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Uh, uh, a very special lady told me that uh, the the star of the movie, well, not not star movie. I'm sorry, Lin Manuel Miranda played this character uh, in the earlier Broadway versions of the show. Right. Right. And yeah. he the only reason he's in this one is because he felt that number that he did was so important. And they told him that unless he did that number, it would not be included in the final cut. Hmm. Oh, what number is that? That is what, that, that is what I had heard. The only number that uh, Lin-Manuel does in this in this film. I don't I don't remember the title of it, but. Oh, yeah, well, he's like right he's, at the beginning, right? He's in the beginning pushing the icy cart. And then he's uh, at that scene at the uh, near the end at the beach. 
And then he's there at the very end. Also, just, you know, you can hear his voice, but uh, if, if you didn't know who he was, you wouldn't think much of it. But, you know, if you've seen Hamilton, if you've seen Mary Poppins 2, <laughs> right, it's Mary Poppins 2, you guys. I so have seen Mary Poppins 2. <laughs> Mary Poppins 2, great, another great film. Uh, then you would, you would be like, oh, it's Emmanuel. It's so great to see him. He's like an old friend. Uh, and this film feel, feels like an old friend, doesn't it? I mean, like it does follow an established set of beats like the Suenito, this little dream about getting off the island, but then finding out that the island you were on the whole time is the one you wanted. So I love the message. What do you guys think about the message? I agree. I do like that. But I just found it odd that he was telling this story to kids, and and I'm not going to spoil anything, but these kids are awfully young. You mm-hmm. can. Here, we're a spoiler. spoiler. Oh, podcast. you're a spoiler? Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you can hold that for the end. You can hold it for the end because we talk about the film chronologically. That's okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I found that odd. I, I didn't think that that worked with little kids hearing this entire story and hearing story of what adults are thinking and doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that was my only complaint. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, now that I'm, it's one of those films where like, uh, as you go through it, you love it. And then after you're, afterwards, you're like, oh, here's a, I had some thoughts that, you know, you couldn't quite Maybe you didn't think of it in the uh, while while watching. Uh, there wasn't much of it I didn't like while watching. But yeah, as uh, as listen, thinking back on it, there's just yeah a few se- sequences that seem not quite as important or weak, uh, and that was certainly one of them. Uh, another one for me, the the weak moment for me, uh, weak casting was this uh, Corey Hawkins Benny character. I think he's a guy from Star Wars, also right? And that either that or just looks very similar to that guy. Anyway, who was Doctor Dre? In Straight Outta Compton. Oh, Straight Outta Compton. That's right. Another great film. Anyway, his character was the only one of the main characters that didn't feel developed. Like everybody else, musicals, they have this I wish, I want, you know, a dream kind of thing. Uh, He didn't really seem like he had a dream. He was, uh, he worked as a dispatch officer for uh, Jimmy Smith's cab company. Uh, A nice little uh, uh, role by Jimmy Smith, by the way. Uh, I love that guy in this role. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He didn't really seem like he had a dream. He wanted to be with Jimmy Smith's daughter, Nina. But uh, beyond that, he didn't seem, you know what I mean? He had a lot of dance numbers. He didn't seem like he had a fully developed character arc of his own. And that was right? the odd thing. I'm so glad you said that because by the end, I'm wondering, well, what happened with that story? You yeah. know, did he end up, he ended up with Jimmy Smith's daughter, but what happened to them? Yeah. No, we don't know. Well, it's a thousand one stories. We don't have time to tell them all. Uh, Cassie, uh, was there any uh, weak moments for you in an otherwise uh, film you love so much? I did like it. Listen, I'm not I'm not saying I mean, it was good for what it was, which was a musical that I like couldn't really connect to. But other than that, I I mean, it was really well done. Anyway, (laughs) I have a question that's really unrelated. So, okay, so there's a part in the film where he says, come on, we're closing. Everyone's closing up early because of the heat. I love that. Do do people do that? Is that a thing? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Cassie. Yes. New York City. I, uh, I when I lived there, we had a blackout. We had cab strikes. Things happen in New York City that, uh, that strike okay. you citywide, and it's it's 105 degrees. You saw the temperature. People want to get out. So nobody close. Okay. Why not? It's a, it's, it's a, a bodega. By the way, is an independent uh, grocery store owned by uh, the family of the star who we got from his parents, who came from the Dominican Republic, mm-hmm. and he can do with it whatever he wants. If he feels like closing for the day, just whoop, flip the sign up. It's not like the 7-Eleven. He's not responsible responsible to a corporate office telling him what to do. Okay. And that's part of the, that's the charm of, what's one of the charms of New York City? That's what people love. It's sort of, hey, um, make your own way, make your own way, city of dreams. So. 
And I, I want to say, you know, that character played by Anthony Ramos, I, I just think he's a star. He is yes. so good at it, you know, that it felt I like the fact that it wasn't a recognizable face. And that mm -hmm. just drew me into it even more. Yeah. It did. It felt like watching real people. I yes. did. I, yeah, I appreciated that also. I mean, I feel like I enjoyed the non-singing parts more than yeah. the singing parts on and I was mm -hmm. talking with someone else about it Reese who has was on our cherry episode he, he said he was the exact opposite he found you know the talking bits really boring and he only liked the singing so I guess it depends but I think my favorite scene was the the little the dinner party scene and when the the, the daughter oh and the God. father get into wow. a little a tiff about yeah you know that was the that was the one scene that really held my attention when they were when they were bickering over college and she's telling him she doesn't want to go back that was my favorite part yeah, that was a great part. It was one of the many subplots they balanced, uh, I thought, pretty mm -hmm. effectively in this film. Mm -hmm. uh, Nina just uh, apparently dropped out of Stanford. She's telling her dad that it's too late, it's over, and she she's trying to. She thinks she can't afford to send her to Stanford. She thinks she can't afford to follow her dreams because she thinks it's she thinks it'll be taken away from her dad's future, and it's too much guilt for her. Uh, and so that push and pull between Jimmy Smith and his daughter Nina throughout the film was very effective. And they had a number of other scenes, including an argument and a little cafe where he just like slams his hand down the fist. And he's like, you can't tell me what I can't spend my money on. Like that part, ooh, just take your breath away. But uh, actually there was a musical number, Cassie. I bet you might've enjoyed as much as me and Gino did. The salon dance scene. Now, come on. That was fun. Yeah. I, the lady who, the like older woman, I can't remember her character's name. Right. And then there's another she character was, of Orange her. is the New Black is one yes, of the characters. Yes, yeah. Who played Dion. Yeah. Orange is the yeah. New Black. I liked her. But, you know, you mentioned that fact that you don't remember that that older actress, uh, Daphne Rubin Vega by name. But I, I wanted to say that, you know, and it's not because I have gray in my hair and a white beard, but I do like the fact that there was a, a variety of ages in this mm -hmm. movie. You know, you, you had Abuela, who was a big character, and Jimmy Smith's. You know, a, a lot of movies like this go for a younger audience and have only people in their 20s. I like the fact that there was a variety of ages mm -hmm. and, and everybody given their due. That is absolutely a great point, which brings me to one of the saddest moments and uh, something that just didn't didn't sit right. Like Abuela, you know, when the, the main character, Anthony Ramos, Uznavi, whose name comes from, it's a really funny sequence. He reveals it came from the word U.S. Navy, Uznavi. He says he wants to take Abuela and his cousin to the Dominican Republic. You're like, that's it. She's going to die. That's why. Did you, guys, did you guys take that? No, I didn't see that coming. I didn't make that connection. Oh, I did. She's like the retired cop who's got two days left on the job where he said, uh, I'm getting too old for this shit. I can't there do this go. anymore. You're there dead. You Wait, we yeah. haven't talked about the contortion, the creepy contortionist that I texted you about, oh. Josh, while I was watching. Uh, did you see that, Gino, in the swimming pool scene? Cassie, yes. set it oh. up for us. It's hot. Everybody goes to the swimming pool. They shut uh, they shut the bodega down, and they're off to a swimming pool, an out, uh, a, a giant outdoor swimming pool. Go ahead, Cassie. Break it down. I can't break it down, but it was a musical number in the pool, which was really cool. Um, it, it looked yeah. really cool, but I texted Josh, and I said, did you see that? Did you see that guy? Did you see what he was doing? Josh was like, what? I didn't see it. So I held my phone up to my iPad and recorded it. I said, that guy, the guy behind the main guy, what is he oh, yeah. doing? Here. And he was I, like. I, you, want me to, you want me to do a little of that? little, little bit. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and then Josh, who I learned something new about every day, says, oh, yeah, I can do that stuff. And he sends me a YouTube link of him doing all these creepy <laughs> things with his shoulders. 
it's yeah. such a roller coaster being friends with you, Josh. I learned something new every oh, day. No, Josh, I, yeah. I, I, I had no idea either. But, I know. Who yeah. knows? I, I, I need a I need a sign strapped to my face. Uh, but but yeah, that was another thing that swimming pool scene. How many dancers are there in New York, you guys? There was yeah. like hundreds of extras, and they're all yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a single. Not a single extra in this entire film like took me away from the film. Like that's some expert direction and uh, pride in the in these extras that they were doing something besides just walking back and forth, which people do in, in movies a lot. But everybody was like doing something. There was like a motion. They were grabbing. They were dancing on the street. I, I loved it. What did you think? Like the extra work, like in the yeah. specifically in the pool scene and on that big opening dance number where there's like hundreds of people out on the street. Yeah, I mean they were all clearly professional dancers right it wasn't like you know when we would show up to a large call and they'd say hold this book and walk walk that way like yeah i mean let's see what i what i liked about that those are great faces if you looked at the face these are people who we don't see on the screen and i was so glad to see the variety of real looking people not you know not hollywood people right yeah that's another great point gino i'm glad we brought you on (laughs) bringing the uh, the older perspective here i know (laughs) He said it, not me. <laughs> well, this was my last appearance with you, but thank you. I enjoyed it. Because, <laughs> you know, a man my age, I, I need to go take a nap. Stop! So I thank you for having me on. <laughs> I'm glad I made some great points in my feeble l- later days of my life. Stop! So thank you. <laughs> oh, well, listen, uh, it's okay. I'm, I'm 45 myself. I was going to say, we've all taken some trips around the sun. Like. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Well, now that we're talking about it, Gino, did anything else stand out to you as particularly great or particularly bad? No, I, I like that. I like the uh, the number that everyone's, okay, again, spoiler alert, Abuela is gone and everybody is kind of mourning and it's hot and no one's moving around and suddenly it comes to life. I love that. And that's, you know, one of the things I want to see is the behind the scenes of doing that pool number, doing the number mm-hmm. I'm talking about right now. You know, that's a lot of work with that many people to get it right. Mm -hmm. Well done. Yeah. Oh, and before I forget, uh, I did read a CNN interview of it, uh, and they were, uh, spoiler alert, like uh, the the end of the film, the Sweenido, the little dream. Uh, he gets his little dream from a lottery ticket, like a oh oh that's right, I didn't like that sixty nine thousand dollar lottery ticket number stuff. Like think what oh ninety six ninety six. What could I could do with ninety six thousand? You know, mm-hmm. it's like and it's weird because we're used to thinking of like bigger numbers in film for, for changing people's lives. So in one sense, it would change a lot of these people's lives. It changed my life, but we don't right. always think of numbers like that. But it was funny the CNN interviewer really criticized the film heavily for leaning into uh, that amount of money changing people's life because he felt it was ignoring some of the uh, the exterior causes of the, the neighborhood disappearing, like DACA. They had a, a, a Dreamers protest rally. And in that rally, the the people they were just, they were almost like echoing Lin- Lin-Manuel Miranda. They said, tell our story, tell our story. And that was the whole refrain of the movie Hamilton, making sure that we aren't forgotten. But again, telling that story, that's right. These are stories that don't get told. I'm encouraged by what I'm seeing of late that People are able to tell their story when Hollywood wouldn't allow that before. Yeah. They wouldn't make this movie. That's true. They weren't uh, They weren't filming musicals like this before. Uh, well, were... and it's just, did, did you not think too about the fact that we've got West Side Story coming out later in the year, also shot on location, also shot out, outdoors. It makes me really curious to see, is Spielberg watching this going, oh man, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because, uh, you know, like I, I hear a lot of people online say, yeah, I've, I've heard enough 
Heard enough stories of white people. Yeah, it's great to see uh, a film that's fully represented in a fully diverse film. And now that I'm thinking about it, were there any white people in the film? You know what I mean? I guess that, there weren't. That real yeah. estate, that real estate agent lady, I think. Oh was yeah, the, uh, the, right, the, the or that was showing part. the apartment. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I identify with almost all these characters. You know, it right. d- it didn't hold me back, so I don't know. Anyway, racism, you guys, it's a bad thing. I'm glad it's a very diverse <laughs> it's film. It's uh, true. You know? Yes, it is. Yeah, that's my PSA for the day. <laughs> I really liked that the the wink and the nod breaking the fourth wall when uh, they were doing the dancing on the on the wall on the rooftop scene, and like. Those scenes, it's obviously like uh, an, an imag- they're imagining what it would be like if they were dancing on the roof and on the wall. But then it pulls back to a family inside eating dinner, and there's a kid who sees it, and, goes, and his eyes like go wide like he's watching a Spider-Man film or something. Like, that's, <laughs> you know, it's so so funny. Like, it takes you out of it, and just it's a, it's a wink and a nod to the audience. Well, and there was a movie before you kids were born called Royal Wedding with Fred Astaire where he danced on the walls and the ceiling, and that was done, you know, manually i want i want to see again how this was done i did enjoy that scene a lot i thought it was beautiful and i love that final slide back into reality down the side of the building the thing i love the most we touched on earlier is how uh new york city is just like alive in this film like the george washington bridge like that that one shot with uh nina and the benny character against the george washington bridge i mean how romantic can you get right cassie oh don't ask me that question I don't know. How romantic can you get? I don't have a lot of romantic nights in New York, Josh. Okay. Well, they were they were kissing in front of the George Washington Bridge as a backdrop. It's just a it's a beautiful image of people coming and going and and fits with the theme of the film that uh, you can go somewhere and leave. But this film is about finding home and realizing that home is where you are. Sometimes home is where you make it. And utilizing New York, like you said, this wasn't Vancouver pretending to be New York. I was so pleased (laughs) that they really did shoot in the city. Yeah. Gina, did you have any favorite dance numbers we didn't talk about yet? Song and no, dance you, I mean, you, look, you, you have to, that pool, pool number, you have to appreciate all that went into that and mm-hmm. the beauty of it and the different angles. I, yeah. I, I came away with scenes. I, I do want to see it again. And Cassie, you need to see it on the big screen. I know. Because, I know. I, I do. You know, sitting on your iPad, <laughs> you know, locked, locked in your apartment. That's not a way to, to enjoy this movie. I, I think, <laughs> This is what going to see a movie on the big screen is all about, a spectacle Mm -hmm. with energy and music that's really a lot of fun. And I'm not, by the way, I have never quoted for a movie, and I I won't because I don't believe that it's fair when a studio pays your way to do interviews that suddenly you say, it's the roller coaster ride of the summer. But So I don't give quotes, but that sounds like a quote, but I mean it. I really think this should bring people back into the theaters. It's great. Well, thank you, Gina. Uh, and now that I'm flipping through my notes, I realize we forgot to talk about a major character, you guys, Vanessa, the girl that uh, the girl that wants to be a fashion designer. We didn't talk about her. Okay, there's a lot of women in the film. Let's not give them short shrift. What did you guys think of Vanessa's character arc and her as a as as a person who can sing? She has a great voice. She has a great voice, and I do like that storyline. I, I I thought she was really effective and not as big a star. In the future, I don't know. I, I, I want to revisit that and see if, if she indeed takes off with her career. You know, whereas I feel like we're going to see Anthony Ramos. We, he's been in a bunch of stuff already, but he's going to keep working. Melissa Barrera, she was perfect for the role. I thought that worked. But I want to see more from her than I saw in this film. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I also like that theme of how 
inspiration can strike you anywhere. Like uh, there's like they just throw in this random like spray paint character named Pete, and he has like a major role at the end. And she gets she'd been stuck. She uh, she wanted to go, was it go to fashion school? Was that what it, was that what it was? Fashion school, right? Right. Yeah, she wanted to go back go to fashion school. You know, be somebody. It's like you know, it's a star is born. She wanted to go be somebody, and she she felt stuck uh, where she was. You know, not knowing if she wanted to be with, you know, Uznavi's character, even though they've been, you know, right in front of each other, like their whole lives. They talked about growing up in that neighborhood and then everybody, you know, it's like that old story. Like he, he always loved her, but somehow she didn't see what was right in front of her. Uh, so I, I loved how she found inspiration from the spray paint rags and then made that her, her new fashion line. And she's going to and she debuted that in the studio and that set up the, the final final number. Uh, Gina, why don't you talk about that? You've been waiting to not spoil that one. Well, no, I, I just want to get back to, to what you're just saying, too, though. Like in every musical and every romantic comedy, it seems like the guy is longing for somebody. And when she gives that kiss, it changes all their lives. And I, I really appreciated that. Oh, yeah. Like he was. Oh, that's right. Thanks for reminding me. Uh, he was about to get on a plane to go right. to the Dominican Republic. And just like Shakespeare, she stopped him. She stopped him with a kiss. Yes, <laughs> A kiss that just really, really put everything into action and, and changes the outcome of this movie. Great. Well, uh, it's the next morning. They just leave after a kiss, which is a little weird, but that's fine. Um, so it's the next morning. He's about to go get on the plane to the Dominican Republic to uh, set up his little Sweeney toe that, uh, oh, he's uh, early in the film. They uh, He had, a, I forget the setup, but, you know, the, a manager, older friend of his, He's trying to get him to go reclaim his parents' heritage over in Dominican Republic. And I forget, set up a coffee shop there, a cafe or something, something over there. But he didn't know anybody over there. And so Vanessa says she wants to show him something and she takes him inside her studio and shows him all these pieces she's made together along with like this just gorgeous light painting of the city from uh, from the spray paint character who uh, the name I had a second ago, but I forgot. But he spray paints it all, and he was he was a nobody character, and all of a sudden he's in one of the pivotal scenes. Uh, I, I love that. And then he it goes back to like you said uh, throughout the film he's telling the story. You think he's on the beach, but then right. the film it pulls back, and then he wasn't in the beach the whole time. He was telling the story to these kids in Washington Heights, and he kept telling them Washington Heights, say it so so it doesn't disappear. Like he didn't want the block to disappear. There was a sense that the hair salon had to close that was, was might might be moving. Jimmy Smith's taxi cab company might be closing down, or he did sell it actually to uh, further his daughter's career. Nina, yeah, don't let it disappear. Be, uh, yeah, it was love, love, love the community involvement. Uh, like you said, I mean, little, little kind of a cheesy device to get into the film that I didn't think they needed with the kids, but I mean, it was nice that we flash forward and see that they're married and have kids. I mean, at the same time, so you know, right. And I love the fact that where Hamilton was the filming of a Broadway show on the stage. It was great seeing this story told in the real locations. Yeah. Jesse, did you see it? I haven't watched Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched Hamilton. <laughs> I know it's on Disney Plus and everyone has told me that I need to watch it, but I still haven't. Sorry. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Well, um, yeah, well, let's uh, let's send this one home. Uh, does anyone have any final thoughts they've been holding on to, or maybe uh, some thoughts uh, came through while we're talking in the chat and thought of before you wanted to express? Well, I kind of mentioned earlier West Side Story coming up. So, do you think mm -hmm. this film helps 
West Side Story or, or it hurts it? Well, in a sense, it helps it because it gets an audience uh, appetite um, you know, going and their heart pumping to, uh, yeah, want to dance in the streets and take it outside. West Side Story is also outside a little bit. But, yeah, the uh, the social and diversity uh, elements will, will definitely be a broad comparison. And a lot of people will be writing comparison stories about the two right. when they come out, I'm sure. Uh, it'll ultimately, I think this will be seen as a more important film and maybe, maybe one that changes things. Who knows? But I loved it. I mean, West Side Story is so iconic too, though. Like, you know, even I know what West Side Story is and I had never heard of In the Heights before. So I think West Side Story was always going to be really successful. I think this one was maybe just a harder sell because unless, unless you're a Broadway person. Unless you're a Jet. You, (laughs) you probably (laughs) never heard of this. Like, like I hadn't either. So Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, if you, if you live in New York City and you get on the subway, you see all these posters for all these Broadway shows. Oh, by the way, sure. yeah. uh, a little aside real quick. Uh, Jimmy Fallon uh, and Lin-Manuel Miranda had a little uh, Broadway style dance number called Broadway's yeah. Back. Did you guys that. see that? Anyway, catch it. Uh, watch it on Hulu or YouTube or whatever. And they introduced uh, various snippets of various Broadway shows, including, you know, Hamilton. And strangely, oh, you know, they left out In the Heights, I think, because Lin-Manuel was leading up to this movie. Oh. Final thought, he, Lin-Manuel Miranda did not direct this movie, you guys. Were you shocked about no, that? he didn't. No. No. Uh, the choice was right, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd done Crazy Rich Asians, and, and that was a big cast that was yeah. with, filled with vibrant color and life to it as well. So I think he was a good choice. Oh, John Cho. We forgot to mention yes. the name of the director. John Cho. Yes. Um, Why was his name attached to it then, apart from that he was, I mean, did he produce it or what? Uh, Lin-Manuel was one of the several listed producers yeah. okay yeah okay well you know you know come back when we watch a movie that i care about <laughs> i swear i'm way better than this i just have nothing to say <laughs> this, this is the end of the date and you you don't know how it went and it's time to say goodbye and really, should we shake hands should we hug right. <laughs> oh I wow just... uh, yeah I, I i second that gino i'd love to have you back Thank you. Um, very nice. Thank you. You're welcome. And let's uh, let's do a rating. Uh, Cassie, show them how it's done. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so, Gina, we like to like pick something based on the movie, and we do eight out of ten. So, like, I'm going to do eight out of ten, or ten out of ten. I'm going to do eight out of ten. Um, ninety six thousand dollar winning lottery tickets. That's my that's my rating. <laughs> yeah. I'll give it eight and a half. Fake backgrounds that we can stand in front of. How about that? Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, oh, also, if you're following along, guys, we forgot to mention that that winning lottery ticket was found uh, dramatically in Abuelo's little, uh, some sort of, you know, cup holder kind of thing. You know, Anthony Ramos, Uznavi found it after she died. Um, and uh, that was his little dream as Suenito uh, to set up his own little larger version of the bodega or a coffee shop, whatever it was. It was a gathering place. Uh, I guess, to keep the community together. And in the DVD, you will see the scene that was deleted where he smothers Abuela with the pillow because he wants the (laughs) the lottery ticket. (laughs) Right. Oh, my God. We know know what he would do for that $96,000. Is that what you say, you know? We know. Yep. You know. See, that movie movie would have been more my speed, probably. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's your rating, Josh? I will give this film a 9 out of 10 sweltering hot days at the pool. That's Perfect. what I'll give it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right. Um, 
And that's it. This is where the credits roll. Yay. Thanks, Gino. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Oh, wait. Uh, we never do this, but uh, should, we, should we find you online anywhere? Why waste your time? No, <laughs> actually, <laughs> you got on Instagram, at Movie Gino. Oh, you're on, on Instagram? At Movie Gino, yes. I'll add you on Instagram, Gino. And uh, I do a lot on YouTube as well. So watch okay. Gino TV on YouTube. Great. Well, this is also on YouTube. Fantastic. We're competing with ourselves. Look at yeah. that. <laughs> oh, man. Yell about directors, yell about the plot. They yelled about the act and hope they let the guests talk. But mostly Josh and Kevin.